everybody, and welcome back to the Out to Be podcast. You guys, this is our 99th episode. Can you believe it? <laughs> I'm so excited for our 100th episode next week. Um, but episode 99 is so freaking good, it feels like we're there already. So this week, I am chatting with Isabella Bedoya. Isabella is founder of Fame Hackers, which helps independent artists accelerate their music careers by helping them attract more super fans, gain more exposure, and monetize their music. So, as you can imagine, in this episode, we're going to talk about all of that juicy stuff, and we go into it. Let me tell you, we are talking about branding, finding your ideal audience, how to use social media to grow through Clubhouse, Instagram, Reels, TikToks, funnels, freebies, LinkedIn, Twitter, basically We're going over everything here to give you the full scoop on what's working right now, what's not working right now, and we're talking a lot of mindset and big picture things for what you should be thinking about and considering and really how you should be operating as a professional musician, music industry coach, or teacher. So I cannot wait to dive into today's episode. Before we do, as you guys know, we are doing some giveaways this month as we approach the 100th episode. And this week I am doing free Instagram audits. So all you have to do to get your Instagram audit is head over to Instagram first, head to the out to be podcast Instagram. The handle is just out to be podcast. Make sure you're following us if you're not already, and then go ahead and comment on the post that goes along with this episode. So as you'll see, if you're following us, Every episode, we post the graphic of the episode with a little blurb. So for this episode, episode 99 with Isabella, go ahead and post a comment with your big takeaways from this episode. Once you comment, I'm going to go through the comments and I'll just DM you guys and say, hey, you commented, you're ready for your audit, and you're going to say yes or no. I'm not just going to do it unsolicited. I'm going to confirm (laughs) that you want it. And then I will go ahead and audit your Instagram by sending you a Loom video. So I'll open your Instagram up, uh, record my screen and talk through what I would do via Loom and then send you the Loom link so that you can get your totally free Instagram audit. It's so easy. All you have to do is head to my Instagram and comment what your big takeaway was from this episode. So I'm not going to do it for people who just do hearts and butterflies. Please leave a meaningful comment so I know that you're actually entering the giveaway. But all you have to do is follow the Out to Be podcast on Instagram, comment on our post for this episode, and then you will be good to go to get your free Instagram audit. And don't worry, that's going to be totally confidential happening in the DM, so I'm not going to do it publicly for anyone to see, unless you want me to, but <laughs> that's not what's going to happen. So go ahead. Listen to this episode while you're listening. Make sure you go to Instagram and comment your takeaway, and then we'll get you that Instagram audit. Okay, let's go ahead and dive into today's episode. Hey, Isabella, and welcome to the Out to Be podcast. Hey, Katie. Thanks for having me here today. I am so pumped to talk with you. You did a guest training for, I think it was the Out to Be membership uh, last year, back in 2020. For those of you who are listening, the Out to Be membership has since been uh, shut down. (laughs) We don't run it anymore. (laughs) Archived. (laughs) Um, But it was a great program and you gave an amazing training. And since this month on the podcast, we've really been talking a lot about social media and growing your audience and your network. I thought you would be the perfect person to come on and talk about this because you have such great tips to share. So before we dive into the juicy stuff, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Awesome. Thank you. And yeah, that was a, <laughs> that was a great training. I, I remember it clearly. So my name is Isabella. I am founder of Fame Hackers and essentially over the past few years, um, I used to be an A&R for a label under Sony. And then, then I realized, you know, like all artists really need to know is social media, digital marketing and, and principles of e-commerce, right? Because that's where merch comes in. I had a digital marketing agency. Then I started working with a, another influencer marketing agency. And I've worked with a lot of Fortune 500 brands. I've worked with a lot of independent artists and major labels as well. So a lot of stuff that we're going to talk about today, and I'm excited to dive in with Katie, but a lot of it is tried and tested methods. It's not necessarily just theories that we read off Google. So uh, I'm excited to jump in. Yes. And there's so many theories and so many like algorithm updates and all this stuff that it feels like we have to keep up with. So that can make it hard as a musician. And before we dive in, I kind of want to pick your brain about this because this is how I feel. And like you said, you came from a label 
before I started my business, I came from a publishing. So like we, we kind of experienced um, two similar but different sides of the, the corporate music industry is what I like to call it. But I really feel, uh, and this was my experience as an artist and as an industry professional, that people, uh, or I should say labels, publishers, you know, people who are in the, in that side of the music industry, when they're thinking about signing people from an A&R perspective, they are looking for people who are already established and already have some sort of social proof going for them as well as good music. But it's not just about, I found you in a bar and I listened to your music and it was really good. Or like, I came across your like, buried SoundCloud link and now I want to sign you, you have to have that established. So do you find that to be true? And why do you feel like that's so important nowadays? Absolutely. I mean, when I first started as an A&R, that was like the very first crash course that I had was uh, you look for for people on social media and look for artists on social media, but only talk to them if if they have true traction, right? And true traction because a lot of people fake their traction. Um, or they invest into these like services for like perceived success when really it's just not. So the reason why though, is because if you think about it kind of like as a, in the startup world, you know, when like you have investors that come in and invest into businesses, the musicians are the same, the musicians are the business. So if you have like a startup and you're expecting a major label to come in and invest money into you, they have to be careful that they're going to get ROI, like they're going to be ROI positive after investing into you. And a lot of the people don't don't see that and they get stuck in the whole, you know, like um, like the whole like there's talentless people out there or people get stuck in the whole like you have to be lucky or it's a pipe dream. But it's just basic business principles. Yeah, absolutely. And for those listening to this episode, what we're going to talk about today applies no matter what facet of your business you're applying it to, whether you're artist, coach, music teacher, all three and you're, you know, kind of doing it all at once it will apply. But right now, specifically on the artist front, just to wrap up that part of the conversation, I think that that's also part partly why people get dropped from labels. And like, you don't hear about that a lot. Everyone thinks, oh, you just get signed. And like, my goal is to get signed. And I am very much an advocate for the fact that like, you can be a professional musician, a full-time musician without being signed. Like you can do it totally indie. And a lot of the people that I work with are indie. But if you're not uh, familiar with that side of the music industry, which, you know, why would you be if you haven't experienced it yet? It's not like everyone's talking about it. You have to get signed, but then you also have to stay. Like, people will drop you from the label. And I don't know, are you familiar with Tori Kelly? Sounds really familiar. So she's an artist who, she goes, like, way back. She has a really amazing voice, incredible guitar skills, and she got signed. I don't know if she's still with Scooter Braun, but like she got signed, like she had traction, you know, she got some good visibility, but she never really stuck. And I'm not sure if she actually got dropped. I'm sure she got dropped from something <laughs> at some point. And, but like, you'll notice that even with a great team around her, she's still not really sticking like an Ariana Grande is because the personality and the connection isn't coming through. That's my opinion on it, at least. Uh, If anybody else knows Tori Kelly who's listening, let me know, DM me what yours is. But that's why I think that personal connection points, personality, and really showing up on socials is so important, not just your music. Would you agree? 1,000%. (laughs) So let's talk about that now. Let's talk about how to really grow your audience on social media and also with that networking because I know that you have so many good tips when it comes to growing and expanding your network and really building relationships with people who might be uh, helpful whether it's immediately or just down the road. So if you were to give a, a starting tip where would you say the first thing to consider and start is when you're trying to do this? Well the very first thing I think I would bring it back to mindset. Um because mindset's important, right? Like there's so many times where uh, when you look at social media, immediately you get like defeated and you're like, oh, I only have like 500 followers. And it's like, that's great because you have 500 followers, but but we've been conditioned by society to think that's nothing. So it all really starts with mindset and, you know, understanding that every person following you, it's actually like a real human being. And, you know, if you had 500 people in your living room, first of all, they don't even fit. So that's a really huge deal. Um so yeah, I think the, the first thing is just changing the mindset about how social media operates 
um, understanding that, you know, quality followers is better than quantity followers. Because also like, and I know, I know, I know Kenny, you're going to agree with this too, but like the second that you see, for example, um, the second that you start seeing more quality followers coming into your page, you're going to see your engagement skyrocket and people are going to be all up in your DMs, in your comments and, and stuff like that. And that's way more valuable than just showing people that you have 10K followers. A hundred percent. And I don't know if you've seen, but over the last few weeks, I've actually, I unfollowed like 700 people and I now only follow like l- less than a hundred people around <laughs> 60, um, which by the way has totally changed my approach and my mindset when I like open up Instagram. This is on Instagram specifically I'm talking about, but it's really changed it because I no longer open the app and feel like, oh my God, there's so much shit here. I'm never going to get to the end of the stories or the end of the posts. And it, uh, before I would just sort of like engage and some, a lot of it would be quality, but some of it would just be like swiping through stories as fast as possible. And like, you know, doing like reactions instead of actually watching and taking time to like quality engage. So it's changed my interaction with the app and I've been removing followers because even though now my follower count is like literally 500 people less, the followers who are there are the people who are actually engaging. And that in turn has positively affected my engagement rate. I've actually gotten more story views since doing that, you know, more quality engagement and comments and likes on my posts. And while that doesn't necessarily matter because, you know, vanity metrics, data can be important. And the reason I bring up the data now is because I see a positive trend from doing that. Um, I'm not hung up on the vanity metrics of like, I got this many likes and that's why it's important. But it's important to see that like when you are building the quality community, you are going to get better results. And so I found that to be true in my own experiment over the last few weeks with Instagram. Yeah, and it's it's so true also because you're signaling to Instagram they have a higher quality account and they they yeah. like quality users. Um, and it's important that you that you mentioned that you unfollowed people because like if you really think about it, there's two ways to use social media. You either, you're either a producer or you're a consumer. And you and I were both producers, and all the artists and all the musicians also, and anyone in the music industry that's using social media for um, to gain whether it's like more clout or gain financial revenue from social media you're all producers but when you're a consumer you get stuck in like the whole thing of like looking at everyone's story and things like that so that's also super important to like differentiate that you're not really gonna like waste a lot of time on there yeah exactly now I have talked about this on clubhouse and uh on social media but I often share about being an authority as a musician and showing up as an authority Um, which is easier when you're like a coach like us or or anyone listening or a teacher because it feels like, oh yes, like this is how I got my knowledge. This is what I'm sharing. It seems more straightforward. But when you're a musician, I notice a lot of musicians kind of take the like half personal, half music route. And when I look at their Instagrams, it's not really clear. Like, are you a student? Are you a musician? Is this your personal account and music's your hobby? Like, what is your deal? And I believe that if you're a musician, you need to show up all the way in. Music is your job. It is your online business. And we need to see that. So my first question for you is, do you notice that as a trend as well? And the second is, what can musicians and, of course, coaches, teachers, anyone else who this applies to do about it? Yeah, that's actually such an important topic, Um, especially because like we see it from the lens of how can we actually help artists get out there and there's a lot of music music professionals that have been in the music industry for too long that are telling and and brainwashing artists that they only need to talk about music so it's like you know and and then it sucks also because they listen to the the these people have been in the industry for like 20 30 years and they're like oh but they must be right but it's like yeah they've been for 20 30 years but who actually understands social media yes and that's where we come in say it again You know, it's like there's I I see some people also that they promote social media. um, They'll teach you how to grow a fan base or whatever. And when you look at their account, you're like, your whole entire thing is fake. Like, what do you mean? (laughs) How are you learning from this person? Yeah. Um, So so you just got to be really, really careful. So um, when you do show up, though, when you do show up as a whole, there's this method called JK5 by Jenna Kushner. 
It's mm-hmm. just like the Jake, the Jenna Kushner five, whatever. And what it means is you just pick five pillars out of your life that you want to share online. And one of the pillars obviously has to be your, your job, which is music, right? Because music is not a hobby. If, if you're doing music, it's because you're actually trying to make a career out of it. Um, second thing could be anything like, like uh, hobbies, family, friends, social life, whatever. The thing is you pick five, five things that you're always doing and you figure out a way to make it relevant to your audience as well. So you make it relatable to them. And then because you're always doing these five things, it's not really content creation, it's just documentation. So as you live your like day-to-day life, you're um, snapping photos of whatever it is you're doing. You know that those are the five categories you're going to be talking about. And then the cool thing too is that you're showing a little bit like we're all humans. We're all, we're all like multifaceted. And an artist is way more like more interesting if you know that they have like a pet or they you know that they're like a sibling. And if it's someone that's just constantly like, here's my song, check it out, stream it. It's, it's spammy, right? Um, especially if you're also, all you're doing is posting graphics of like where you're going to perform next or what song is coming out next. It's, it's, there's no depth. And in today's world, we need depth if we actually want to stand out. Absolutely. I'd love to hear an example from your perspective and I'll share mine as well. But when I look at like my brand pillars that of course go into my social media, I think of social media, growing your audience and then launching and then scaling your business. And then I'll also have mindset as a big part of it, plus spirituality. And that also, like, those go together both as teaching points and as connection points. Because I'm just, like, getting into astrology as a hobby and tarot cards as a hobby. And so I'm not showing up being like, and now I'm going to teach you about tarot cards. I don't know shit. I'm just showing up being like, here's what I pulled. Isn't this cool? Or, hey, does anybody else know how to do this? Do you want to talk about it? And people will react to that and even though it's not about my teaching and it's not about like specifically helping you build your career it is relevant because we're building a relationship in that way um and then of course like any other hobbies I mean for me I would say music is a as a brand pillar as well because I want to which is something that I'm actually trying to do more of lately but showing that like I am also a musician I get it you know here's my music that kind of thing so what would you say that yours are if you were to give an example or an example of an artist that you have? It's funny because we have very similar ones. Um, <laughs> so, but for me, so what I did is I have like all these travel pictures that I never posted. And um, so I have like, so I have like, a, like I just categorize mine by, by country. So Monday through, through Sunday is just categorized by country, but the content, the captions that I have, I pretty much uh, talk about the same things, you know, like ways that, um, how to help artists and musicians, changing the mindset, empowering. Uh, one thing I, that I recently started looking into was crypto and I started talking about like crypto. I was like, you know, like it's, it's finding all these different relatable points because also uh, going back to your original question of like, you know, how can artists show up as authority figures? It's first thing that, that everybody has to understand whether you're an artist or a coach or whatever it is, if you really want to have success in like in today's world, you have to understand that you have to be a leader, right? And that's where authority comes in. So artists are leaders because first of all, we don't have the story that they have, right? Everybody has a story behind their music, whether it's going through breakups or whether it's like deeper things or whatever. So the point is that you become the leader, a thought leader of anything of your movement. Yes. And then you're trying to connect with others you're like, you're actually attempting to connect with others that you can actually help through the message of your music. That is so good. Mic drop on that. Take a second, absorb it. It's so true. A common objection I see is artists being like, but I'm not teaching anything. I'm not sharing it. Like, I don't know what else to talk about besides like my music. And then maybe I can talk about my dog or they'll talk about, this is what I see most frequently is people who are just sort of like, um, on their feed, it's either posts that are saying, oh, listen to my song, or oh, I'm so excited for this to come out, or it's just pictures of them doing random things, and then, you know, the captions are just sort of, like, personal Instagram captions, like, you know what I mean? Just, like, short to the point, which is, it's fine, it's okay, but the thing is that if that's what their feed is, and they're not showing up on stories regularly, face to camera, talking to us, sharing their personality, sharing about their music, about their journey, about the things that they're thought leaders in, then 
what do we see when we look at that? We just see someone who's like, okay, you look like you are just a person who does music for fun. You don't look like someone who is taking music seriously as a career and is looking to be a leader for their following, for their fans who look up to you. And I think a lot of people just discount themselves and think, I don't know how to go deeper than the music, but what are you writing about? What is your life story? What do you care about? What do you enjoy? Like all of those things matter. And I, I usually use mental health as an example because it's, it's an important part of my background and it's kind of just like an easy one. But like, are you writing about mental health? Are you writing about love? Are you writing about whatever it is? You know what I mean? Like what inspires your writing? Those are the things that you need to also be talking about outside of your music and yes it all relates together but taking it outside of the music and making it about you is what's going to really show people that you are the authority and that they have something of value to learn or or be inspired by from you uh that's not just about the music absolutely and if you think about it it kind of ties into like three king niches right are you, are you familiar with the three king niches? I don't think I am. I've never heard that specific term before. So I'm oh, curious okay. what it is. <laughs> Got it. So basically there's three king niches that are applicable to anyone or like literally to everything, right? Uh, you're, you're either in business for um, wealth, um, relationships, or for health, right? So everything that goes under health, like then you have all these sub pillars, you know, like you have your health coaches, your gyms, blah, 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 whatever, like it goes on. Yeah. Then you have your relationships, which is like, anything that has to do with like personal development or actual like real like um like love connections well, and stuff yeah. like that and then uh you have your your wealth which is anything that has to do with generating more income so when you have these three king niches they're, they're applicable to anything that you do in this world right so like taylor swift she's obviously a relationship niche mm-hmm. um 50 cent like going back i don't even know if people still live, like <laughs> but he always comes to mind because he literally is get rich or die trying like he is so wealth niche and then you have your health which is either people that are actually talking about mental health or the the sound baths or anything that that's actually positively affecting your health the frequency music all that yes um so when you pick one of these niches you stick to your niche and then you're always going to attract people because your music is going to be speaking in the in that language and then having additional content that supports that language that messaging is going to help you resonate. Yeah. Now I know I made the point, but I want to ask you, what if somebody came or is listening to this and is thinking, okay, I get the health niche because you could like give mental health tips or share your story, but the love niche or, or even the, the wealth niche, like, what do I say? Like, what do I do? My, my songs are just about happiness and love or maybe some heartbreak, but I don't know how to go deeper. I don't know how people are going to stick around for more than just the song. What do I do? What do I share other than that? So that's a, that's a really great point because then it just boils down to understanding your ideal audience, right? Your mm-hmm. ideal fans. And when you have like a, a really deep understanding of who they are, or even like even surface level, you can start uh, asking questions in groups and stuff like that. Like, I know, I know you and I, we've posted in a lot of different groups and we post like polls, right? Mm-hmm. And we're like, hey, what do you guys want from us? Because we know our audience are like other artists or other musicians. So we're like, what do you guys want? Do you want X, Y, or Z? So as an artist, you know, like, let's say you are writing love songs, go find a Facebook group, with, which is all about like heartbreaks or whatever. And just ask like, hey, like, if you heard a song about uh, coping through a breakup or would you be more interested in listening to a song about finding love or whatever and ask and when yeah. you ask you also not only get answers but you also get vocabulary out of them right mm-hmm. so it all boils down to like understanding the language that they're speaking in and, and tapping into that conversation um not necessarily if you like think about it right if you're at a party and you're over here like look at me listen to me da, da, da. it's like your show and it's like how do you get people to come to you at the party but if you look around and you see groups of people like already kind of like clicked off and you join the conversation, it's so much easier for you to like actually have a conversation. Yeah. And that's kind of what you're doing. So when you like think about it, you know, like once you understand who your target audience is, you just have to understand the pain points or the pleasure points, because that's going to be what holds you together for everything else. Meaning like, you know, right now you're like, well, how do I go deeper? Well, okay. So take that one person, look at their social media just just study that one person and see what they're doing, see what they're posting, see what they're complaining about. And then you'll start seeing vocabulary, you know, like maybe that person's complaining because 
they just can't find love on Tinder or something. And it's like, okay, great. Now I'm going to make a post about how to find love on Tinder. Yeah. And now it's like, you're taking or talk or do like a fun series. That's like, I'll judge your Tinder and I'll tell you, you know what I mean? Something like that. That kind of just gets people involved. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, you just kind of think about other common interests and, and try to dive in on the pain points. I love that answer. Okay, so we're going into a lot. <laughs> we've got branding. We've got knowing your ideal audience. So once we we have a clear handle on those things, what are your best tips for really growing an audience? Let's say specifically on Instagram and then branch out from there. Well, right now, Clubhouse. Um, but you have to be careful on Clubhouse because there's also a lot of uh, perceived, um, there's a perceived notion that you're getting a lot of followers even though that people just go follow crazy once they see you yes you know so you got to be really careful I had to like kick a lot of people off too because I don't want to hurt my yeah I don't want to hurt the engagement at the end of the day Um, I went into a couple of realtor rooms because I'm getting to know the process of like buying a house and I had like 10 realtor people follow me I'm like you are not ever going to consume or like my content like get off my Instagram (laughs) I will reach out to you if I need your help like do not follow me. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I'm literally the same way. Um, but Clubhouse is, is doing hyper growth right now. So if you go into rooms where your ideal fans are hanging out in, and and this is also a common problem where musicians are like, well, where do I even go? You know, like, and they end up in like other rooms where they can sing. And it's like, no, 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 those are not the rooms you go to. You go to, if you are talking about like staying on the topic of relationships, go to the groups where the, the, like, the women or the guys are like complaining about relationships. That's your, literally your ideal audience. And then you just sprinkle it in, you know, like, hey guys, I'm actually an artist. I write songs about this, X, Y, and Z. And you're speaking their language and they're like, oh, you're so cool. I got to check it out. Um, yeah, so Clubhouse is one. The other one, Reels. And by the way, I love your Reels. Thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> reels, I would 100% focus, spend some time doing Reels, TikToks, all, um, that short-sized content. And ultimately, like when people are following you, make sure that you're connecting because that one DM could actually make them stick around for longer. And um, and also people will start like, the, the more you start building that engagement and that like those like raving fans, they will start sharing your page with other people. Yeah. I actually want to circle back to Clubhouse as its own thing um, because I know that you've been on it a lot and I have too. But um, as far as Instagram goes, we know that Reels are a great way to build an audience. What are your favorite ways to engage? Like, do you prefer like polls, responding to people's stories, commenting on posts? Like, what do you feel like really gets the most traction to help build relationships and build those connections? So for me, I would say DMs, DMs, because in DMs, you can, you can talk to them. You can actually, um, it's really interesting because you, you can actually have real conversations with people. And then when you do post a poll or when you post a reels, they're all over it. Yeah. 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 I totally agree. And I'll share what I've been doing as well. Since I mentioned that I did unfollow a ton of people, I still engage with my audience by literally seeing who's watching my stories or liking my posts and then just going to those people's profiles, even if I don't follow them. Uh, but I still can choose when I'm going to go look at their content and engage with them that way. And a lot of times people will, uh, because I I think stories is like such an important way to get conversations going too, but because I often offer a conversational point or I ask for responses in my stories, people will DM me and then the conversation starts from there. So it might feel weird if you're like, I don't know if I should like go into my fans DMs. Like, I don't know. That feels weird. Create conversation starters in your content, whether it is a call to action in your post or even better in your stories, asking them to DM you or just saying something that's kind of polarizing, basically, that gets people to say, yes, I agree or no, I don't agree and really forces them to speak up on it. And that's a great way to get the DMs going, in my experience, at least. Absolutely. And that's a smart way, too, because you're doing it in a way where, like, you're not doing the outreach. They're reaching out to you. So it's already, like, less resistance. Um, and 1,000%, and you have to be polarizing. Like, if you have to stand for something. Because if you're, you're in the middle, if you're just, like, living in this gray area, you get drowned out by everything else. Mm-hmm. That's such a good point. So when it comes to Clubhouse, what success, like obviously you shared, you've had a lot of people follow you on Clubhouse and then of course follow you on Instagram because on Clubhouse, you can't talk one-on-one, it's only in the room. So most people will go and follow on Instagram if they really like your stuff. 
But how do we grow on the Clubhouse platform? Whether you're a musician, coach, teacher, what are your best tips for really getting into good rooms there and expanding your community there? It's a great question. Um, I'll share what I did. So, cause it like kind of grew in, in all aspects. So my process was um, I created a bio and the bio I put like keywords that people are constantly searching. So when you actually go on the search bar, you can search keywords and my name will pop up even though they're not typing my name. Um, so, and then I started a club and the club also, I have a bio filled with like a bunch of um, keywords. So when people look for the club, they immediately find the club. They follow me um, as, a, as a byproduct of it. Um, now what I do is I go to rooms. Uh, I don't really waste time going to rooms with more than 40 people. If it's more than 40 people, you're never going to get a chance to talk yeah. unless you're doing a panel. If you're, if you're showing up as a panel, as a speaker, then yeah, it's, it's going to be super beneficial for you to be like in the bigger rooms. But when you're just trying to have connections, smaller groups, less than 40 people go in, talk. As soon as you go in, raise your hand, even if you have nothing to say, people will follow you when you're on the speaker stage. Yeah. And, um, and then after that, I usually have like, like I already have an intention of going on the app, right? I know that if I'm going to go on Clubhouse today, it's going to be for X, Y, or Z reason. And I have a lead magnet. So by the time that I'm done talking or as I'm talking, I can say like, guys, I know there's a lot of information. Check out my link in bio. I have a guide for you guys. It's absolutely free. So now I'm also driving them to Instagram and I'm driving them to my email subscription. And um, that's awesome. And then my email subscription drives into my boot camp. So it's like literally all intertwined. We love a good funnel. And it's not a complicated <laughs> one. Like, it's not like you're being like, if they do this, they go there and blah, blah, blah. It's literally just like, I talk about my freebie. You join the freebie. You get on my email list. Then you get the emails for this thing. And hopefully you join. Yep. For a musician, do you have any good tips of for freebies for a musician or like ways that they can start to funnel people in to their email list or their social media to then you know, go down the funnel of, even if it's their Patreon funnel, or even if it's just staying on their email list and getting on their email list for whenever they're ready to launch something? Yeah, it's very much the same thing. Um, for freebies, you could do anything that serves the audience, right? So if your music is staying along the, the relationship thing, um, you're, if you're, if that's what you do, if that's what you're talking about, then your freebie can just be like, you know, three ways to find the perfect, the perfect partner or whatever, just like a quick little guide that you put together and then you just tie it back into your music. Yeah. Or like a playlist of love songs or something like that, that you have your yeah. on. So, something cool like that. I was even thinking like, you know, this is the key thing. And this is where I think a lot of musicians kind of, I'm going to say not people listening to this podcast. Cause if you're listening to this podcast, you're serious, <laughs> but other people, um, like they're not willing to think outside of the box and it requires thinking like a business and thinking outside of the box. And so it's easy to be like, but what freebie? I don't like, I just give a download, but nobody wants downloads anymore. Well, what are you talking about? Like, do you do meditation music or do you talk about mental health? Can you give away like a free guided meditation download instead of just like a download of their, of your song that they're going to stream on Spotify anyway, like start to think outside of the box of things that provide value that, maybe are related to music, maybe aren't related to music, but still are related to you and your brand. And that'll help get people in. So I love that, that tip there. Absolutely. I actually have a, I'm working with an artist. He does like mental health music and his freebie is uh, his top like 10 favorite affirmations and his morning routine. That's awesome. So is yeah. Is that a video or like a PDF? No, it's just a PDF. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So it's, it's, yeah. it's whatever you can think of that can serve your audience with your, with what you're already doing. Exactly. I love it. Okay, cool. So we've covered Instagram, we've covered Clubhouse. Are there any other social media platforms in particular that you think are really helpful for, for growth and for positioning your authority? Yeah, so TikTok would be another one. Uh, TikTok and Reels are very similar. The only thing is that with Reels, um, you can't really like do as much as you can on TikTok. So you just yeah. kind of have to pick what platform you want to be on. Um, for TikTok, it's very also very similar where you're just either doing like cover songs or whatever, but you're also in, like integrating a little bit more personality. Um, and that's when you start jumping on different trends and stuff like that. So TikTok is great for fast growth. Um, but for authority, for authority, I would, I would also go back to LinkedIn, but more so for the professional side of the business. Yeah, I really want you to talk about LinkedIn because that is what you did in our uh, membership training. And 
That's not something I talk about a lot, but you really gave great perspective on how it can be helpful. So can you give us a little bit of like a, uh, tips for how, number one, why musicians and people in the music industry should use LinkedIn in the first place, and number two, how it can serve them? That's such a good question. Um, so why is LinkedIn important? It's super important because remember, like artists and musicians, they're all businesses, right? And even though your fans are not potentially hanging out on LinkedIn, other professionals are hanging out on LinkedIn. So it's super important because as a business owner, you have to grow your business and you have to connect with other professionals. And you don't necessarily have to go and collect with like label managers or A&Rs or whatever, but it, it can be useful for like brand partnerships. It can be super useful for like sync placements. It can be super useful for like all these other things that you could be doing, even collaborating with other people. So it doesn't necessarily have to be that you're going on there for building a fan base, but you're actually building more so your connections for the business world um, for, or for the business side of things. And then if your audience happens to be corporate world, that's a perfect platform as well because they are the, the organic traction on LinkedIn is insane. So it, it goes back to um, also understanding that ideal fan base. What I'm hearing too is that like, you have to know what your goals and intentions are in your career in general. And listen, right off the bat, we already know, but it's worth saying that like, there's a shit ton of social media platforms and there's even within Instagram, there's 20 million features. It's really easy to feel like you have to be everywhere on everything all at once. But what's going to help is really getting clear on what are your goals or intentions? Who is your audience and where does it make sense to be? Because like you said on LinkedIn, it's like if you're doing sync, you want to target sync people. If you're looking for podcast interviews, you want to target that. If you're looking for press reviews, you want to target that, right? So how do you have any tips for just getting clear on what your goals are and then figuring out who you should be connecting with based on that? Yeah, that's a, that's a, you're full of great questions. <laughs> so, um, so how to get clear on intention? I, the way that I normally do things is I think of the end goal and then I reverse engineer that way you can just cut out all this, all the noise and like you have a clear plan. Um, and also a plan that doesn't take a lot of steps to complete. Cause if, if it takes you three years to complete, it's going to be so much easier for you to fail. But if it's like, okay, if I know that I want to get like featured on billboard, who now I'm like, okay, that's my intention. That's my goal. Now I go on LinkedIn and I'm like, all right, great. Who actually is covering who are journalists, freelance writers, whatever for, for billboard. And then I just reverse engineering a little bit more. And I'm like, all right, great. What are the contact information? What can I say? What are they writing about? How can I join the conversation for them and serve? It's always going to come back to serving the audience, right? Because if, if you then message a journalist and you're like, look at me, I'm another artist. I'm the best thing in the world. They're going to be like, oh, here we go again. But if you say, hey, I just read your article, you wrote about NFTs, for example, and, you know, it's so helpful, it's so useful. I actually just sold my first NFT. I'm wondering if you're looking for other perspectives. Now you're serving the audience because you already know that they're talking about this. Yeah, that makes so much sense. Now, I know we didn't talk about Twitter yet, but I feel like Twitter and LinkedIn are great places to connect with, just like you said, like, writers, professionals, people who are more like in the industry. Uh, and that can be a lot of different people who can help you in a lot of different ways. But it's so important. And of course, as I start talking, I'm thinking about like the DM, which I talk about this like once a week where I'm like, don't DM music professionals, your music, don't DM even your fans cold. I think it's rude to do it. But like, especially music professionals, don't just DM them links to your Spotify. I was talking to a friend who's in A&R and she was like, I get link, I get emails all the time, mostly from men being like, I'm the next greatest thing and you have to listen to my music. <laughs> so <laughs> how do we go about making connections? And like, we know that like, yes, we're reaching out to these people and we're being strategic about it. And like, we probably hope to get something out of it in the long run, but how do we approach it and actually still create genuine relationships without it being like sleazy or jumping the gun too soon or like being pushy or, or any of those things or really the bottom line is being unprofessional. How do we be professional about it? So one of my mentors taught me this phrase, it's called live by hope and hope just stands for help one person every day. So when you shift your perspective about how you're reaching out, first of all, like, yeah, if you're reaching out cold and, and I get it all the time too. And I actually got attacked last week. Someone sent me a link and they like, then when I said, Oh, cool. Or whatever. I like two, two word reply. He goes, are you trying to sell me something? And I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, what are you talking? I didn't even say like, buy anything. I literally just said, 
cool thanks for sharing oh <laughs> like okay God. you know and it's like I, it really boggles my mind how artists still think that this is like okay but you're nice because i started saying to people like sorry i don't look at links anymore and here's a post why i don't like i literally yeah. or if i respond at all but like if i do respond it's me being like no <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I ended up doing a reel after that. I was like, I'm not getting attacked anymore. <laughs> I'm done. Yeah. Um, but, and it sucks because now like, see, this is like literally what happens, right? You have people that genuinely want to help and then you immediately like shut them down. Cause now do you really think I want to go and help this guy? And it sucks to say, but no, probably not. Cause it was really um, not cool. And, and this is like how you become professional is you just like, first of all, think how you can help them, right? Um, going back to like live by hope. You think about how you can help them and when you're reaching out, you know, like reporters, they're always looking for stories to cover, right? Um, supervisors are always looking for music to sync. All of these people that you're trying to get in touch with, they're all trying to do what it is that you have already. So you just have to position yourself in a way where it's like, not just, hey, listen to my song, sync, license my song, whatever. It's literally more like you serve an audience, I serve the same audience, how can we combine forces? And that's what you're doing. Yeah. And like the phrase, the, the format that I normally do this in is normally like, hi, first name, always address my first name. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Always. <laughs> um, and make sure you get the spelling right. Because a lot of, especially reporters, it's a huge pet peeve when you get their name right, wrong. Yeah. Um, so it's like, hi, first name, compliment whatever they're working on because they're human. You want to make sure that they feel recognized and valued. And then you end it with a question. And that question is not going to be a pitch. It's literally just going to be a, a how can I help you, but also providing a potential solution. First of all, can we talk about the irony in that guy who was like, are you trying to sell me? Meanwhile, it's like, yeah, you probably should buy something from Isabella because you clearly need the help in communicating online. Literally. Uh, I just want to take a second to rant on like why you need to value professionals as well. Like if you're you know, he sent it to you for a reason because he thought you could, even if, even if he simply thought he could get you to listen to his music and that would benefit him by having a stream, no matter who you're reaching out to, if you're reaching out to someone who you think can get their sync, get their sync, right? Or get a sync for you. If you're reaching out to someone who you think can get you press, no matter who it is, you obviously value what they're doing. Do not, do not turn around and then all of a sudden act like, oh, but I can't pay for anything or, but I don't need support or I don't want support and I'm not willing to put my money where my mouth is. Not everything costs money and I'm not suggesting that you should like pay to play or pay to get press, but I'm saying that like you need to be willing to invest in yourself and to treat professionals like professionals and treat fellow musicians like professional musicians and you need to pay people their worth and you need to be professional when you're reaching out. Otherwise, they're just going to give you a big middle finger and ignore you. And that's that. Like, <laughs> literally. Literally. <laughs> I have really strong opinions about this because I've had people reach out to me, you know, from my Women Crush days and through now. And it's like, you know, you you don't, a lot of people reaching out, like, they don't know enough about me. They either assume that I'm a fan, even though we've never spoken before, Um and, like, even if I was a fan, it's weird when I get, like, pushy DMs being like, hey, go listen or go pre-save. And, like, we've we've never spoken before. I find that odd. But it's also a lot of people thinking that I can, like, do something for them that's not what I do. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not a – I don't cover people. I'm not a blog. I have a yeah. podcast, but I'm not a blog. So, like, what are you looking for? And am I actually your person? If not, figure out how we can actually collaborate or if you want to work with me and be mentored by me, otherwise your pitch is going to come across as unprofessional because you're not actually clear on what you're looking for. And you're just, it seems like you're just reaching out to everyone and anyone. So that's my rant. <laughs> no, but I agree 1000%. <laughs> it's really interesting. I've never come across this in any other industry, but music industry. And it's, it's the craziest thing. Um, like, yeah, being a coach and, and, and being in sales, it's always hard, right? It, it's never going to be like this, this easy thing that just falls on your lap. But the quality of conversations with artists is it boggles my mind because every single like literally maybe 90% of the calls or 90% of the people that I talk to, they're all like super, super broke minded. And, yeah. and it's, it's not that they're broke because I've been on calls before where like people have funds set aside, but they're just so broke-minded that they're like, 
no, we, I'm not going to invest in this. I'm not going to invest in my music. And it's like, at the end of the day, your money doesn't change my life. Yeah. But you know, like you and I were changing their lives. Yeah. So it's, it, so it's one of these things of like, and you know it, what, if you listen to that and you think, oh, that's kind of like conceited to say, no, it's not like we studied <laughs> what we teach for years and years and years. And we're here to help you move forward faster. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's so it, yeah it's such an interesting industry <laughs> but what's interesting about it too is that um I feel like the scarcity mindset it goes beyond just money it includes time and it also includes just like opportunities slash law of attraction like if you're coming from a scarcity mindset and you are scarce about money and you don't want to pay anyone then most likely you probably have very similar tendencies and beliefs when it comes to reaching out to uh, you know, potential collaborators or reaching out to press or things like that. And you, I would almost guarantee you also have it in your head that you're not going to get it and that nothing's going to work out for you and that everything is hard and that shit does not serve you. So if you're listening and you're thinking like, well, I do invest in my career or, well, I have good reason for like not wanting to spend money in this way. Consider where you might also be exhibiting scarcity mindset because it goes beyond money and it's so important on social media and when making connections that you're also open to the possibilities and open to investing your time, money, whatever it might be in other places uh, and willing to see outcomes that you might not have seen before or that you wouldn't have expected. Exactly. Yeah. And, And it also ties back into educating them on the importance of coaching as well. Right. Because scarcity mindset is one of the biggest evils that they have. And the other evil that they have is that they think that they still have it all figured out and they don't because if they did, they'd be doing it. And, um, you know, and, and it's like, for some reason, like coaching and music is is such a thing that people like kind of reject, but if you think, and then they're like, Oh, how can I get a playlist or how can I get a marketer? And it's like, as a former marketer, I'm telling you, and I tell everyone that calls me and and tries to get like marketing services. I'm like, no, I'm not going to do your marketing because you don't have X, Y, Z figure figured out. And then, and, and it's like, you know, you have to have a lot of systems in place. And, and I had an artist last year where he, they were investing 20 K a month into his marketing, but he didn't have his foundation figured out. He didn't have messaging. $20,000 a month. Yeah. And he obviously wasn't getting results or he He wasn't getting results. And it was the craziest thing. It's like, what are you doing wrong? And then that's when I got pulled in and it's like the messaging is off. The audience is off. I'm sorry. That like hurts me to hear. (laughs) (laughs) But it's like, it's the craziest thing. And, and, that's why like recently I started, whenever people ask me, I'm like, if you do, if you invest into a marketer or a playlister, you're literally going to invest three times. First, you're going to invest into that person, then you're, or that agency, then you're going to invest into the ad spend. And then you have to invest a third time by coming back to me or to you or anyone else that's teaching this subject to then show you and help you figure out like why you just lost a lot of money and how we can fix it. Yeah. And it, and it's I, a crazy thing. And very interesting dichotomy because I feel like it's almost like don't get help until you have it figured out for yourself, but get the right help to figure it out for yourself. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like everyone has, I think people will automatically go for the, like the PR campaign or the ads campaign. Um, and I personally, I rarely run ads in my business, almost never, uh, because I do so much organically. And, um, but even still, it's like, you know, I'm investing in gear or I'm investing in recording or I'm investing in the ads, but without having the really solid foundation on like who you are and what are you do and what is your messaging and how are you showing up on a day-to-day basis uh, with a strong foundation on social media before you bring in like the fancy tricks in. And that being said, you don't have to figure that out alone. You can figure that out with the support of a coach or a course or something like that to get that foundation before like basically wasting your money on the bells and whistles when you have nothing to put them on. Exactly. Exactly. And that's where I think we're also so aligned because I I also don't do a a lot of paid marketing, uh, which is ironic, right? Because I have a huge marketing background, but with the thing about organic marketing, and this is also something that people don't really realize, but if you have a strong foundation and if your organic marketing is set up correctly, you're, you're always going to have business coming in. Yeah. Right. When you set up the ads, that's just like the fuel to the fire. That's like having a car and now you have an engine and now you're putting pumping in gas and that's your ad money. But a lot of times people don't even have the engine. So it's like, how do you expect that the gas that you're putting into the car is going to make the car run? 
so I think we're like super super aligned on that um on that like strategy and, and so far you know it's 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 working amazing and this is something that we can turn around and tell other people like you guys are crazy for not starting here and not in like a bad way like not in a in a, in a demeaning way but it's like you know just take a moment take a breath yeah figure out a plan yeah and the other thing I'll add as well is that it is okay even if you feel like you were clear and now you're not or maybe you are clear and this just solidified it but as a business person which you are as a musician coach teacher it changes like I, my brand pillars, you know, my core values, like all of those things have shifted, especially in the last year, tremendously. And so again, just to drive the point home of like, you know, don't do those bells and whistles unless you're really clear on the foundation and the foundation is often changing. So it really requires a skill to keep checking back in and make sure that you're feeling aligned always. Otherwise you will feel like, oh, maybe I'm wasting money with the ads or I'm not getting the results or you're going to keep operating in a place that's just not serving you in the lo- in the long term and in the short term. So it's, it's so a long true. game. Isabella, do you have any last tips or things that you want to add or share to our audience that we didn't cover yet? Hmm. Last tip, parting tip. I think parting tip is honestly just be yourself on social media, be authentic, show up as yourself, show up as who you are and um, and have fun with it. Have fun with it. At the end of the day, a lot of people have social media anxiety and they're just terrified of what they're going to post or what they're going to say. But at the end of the day, it's much bigger than than what you're saying uh, or is much bigger than you. It's actually like your message behind the music and how it's helping others. So have fun, be authentic and uh, can't wait to see you guys on social media. <laughs> I love that. Speaking of which, where can we connect with you on social media and beyond? So you can just go to my Instagram. It's isword, I-Z-Z-W-O-R-D. Perfect. <laughs> and you have your company, The Fame Hackers. So where can we connect with that? Oh yeah, The Fame Hackers. Uh, Instagram is The Fame Hackers. Perfect. So catch Isabella on Instagram and Clubhouse as well. Thank you, Isabella, for coming on and sharing this incredible information today. I know everyone is going to go out and implement what they learned and get results quickly on the social media front. So it was such a great time having you. Thank you, Katie. And it was amazing being here today. Thank you so much for listening to the Out To Be podcast. If you like this episode, be sure to share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, rate and review it on Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. That really helps us spread the message and get this podcast out to even more women in music. For more information on coaching services, head to katiezacardi.com. See you next week.